Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a joy it is to be back with you all as far as Bible study is concerned. And definitely looking forward to a wonderful time of sharing as far as today's lesson is concerned. Uh, as we prepare to uh, engage in this continued study on evil. Um, today, I, I want to kind of drill a little deeper as far as what we've normally been doing. And that is, I want to talk about, according to scripture, where uh, this uh, uh, idea of evil and the progenitor of rebellion uh, first started. So we're going to talk about um, um, angels and, and particularly we're going to focus on what the enemy, Satan, has done that has created all this chaos that we find ourselves in as far as today is concerned. So so with that, what I want to do is I want to uh, start us off with a word of prayer. And as we start off with a word of prayer, then we will move forward to having conversation and digging even deeper. So uh, just to let you all know that um, I am in what was sunny Florida. It is storming right now. Uh, as far as that's concerned. And uh, I'm also attending the Congress of National Black Churches uh, as a special guest of my classmate, the Reverend Dr. W. Franklin Richardson. Uh, where I am right now is the gathering of the uh, six major historically African-American denomination, no, denominations, mainline denominations, and been dealing with everything from uh, racism and COVID to police brutality, white supremacy, uh, and doing the things that are necessary to help us to move forward as far as people is concerned through the black church. So wanted to uh, just share all of that because I'm very excited about what uh, he is doing. And of course, he has shared with us uh, at the St. Paul Baptist Church. So that being said, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer as we prepare to launch out into deep and um, try to do a little work here as far as um, understanding um, how we got in the mess that we're in right now. Let's bow our heads. God, we come and we pray that you, the wonderful counselor, our uh, master teacher, will come and teach us your precepts. Let your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Show yourself strong in my O God, as only you can have your way, O God, in this moment so that ultimately we will be able to gather and glean those things that you desire for us to know, and we will give you glory and honor. Uh, you are the master teacher, and we need to hear from you. So teach us, O oh Lord, as only you can. It is in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray and we claim it done. Amen. Amen and amen. So, as we um, prepare to look at this time as far as study is concerned, uh, I want to do a couple of things. I want to call your attention to First uh, Peter, First Peter chapter one, verses ten through twelve. First Peter chapter one, verses ten through twelve, and then we're going to go to Isaiah chapter fourteen, verses twelve through 17. So 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. And these words are printed 
uh, as far as that text is concerned. Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that will come to you. Searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them, it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things which angels desired to look into. Check that last phrase out with things which angels desired to look into. Um, uh, that's that's an interesting quote right there. Things which angels desired to look into. So as we really unpack this thing about angels, one of the things I want you to understand is that not even angels know everything there is to know as far as uh, foreknowledge is concerned when it comes to God. They are kind of in the dark as well. And so as things unfold, uh, it comes to them uh, just like it comes to us. You and I, we have limited foreknowledge as far as the Godhead is concerned. And so with that, um, God reveals things to us. It's like Paul said, we see through a glass darkly, uh, but one day we will understand it better. Uh, so I want to kind of unpack that as far as uh, when it comes to angels, because that's where we're going to focus today. The other scripture that I want to share with you, which is very interesting, is uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 14, verses 12 through 17. Isaiah chapter 14, verses uh, 12 through 17. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 17. And it's really talking about the fall of Lucifer. And it reads like this, uh, how you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of cloud. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. And those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness, who destroys its cities, who did not open the house to prisoners? So I uh, want to stop right there as far as that is concerned um, and do some interesting un unpacking. So when we talk about uh, the idea of how we got into the mess that we're in, uh, there was a Greek philosopher by the name of uh, Protagoras. Protagoras. Uh, he's considered to be the father of what is called sophistry. You know, what is sophistry? Sophistry 
is uh, basically it is the understanding as far as our lives are concerned uh, of using deceptive reasoning to make an argument. In other words, twisting an argument in such a way that it sounds good, but it's a lie. Okay, so that's sophistry. That's sophistry. And he he made a comment uh, some years ago. He says that man is the measure of all things, in which, in a sense, he is saying that humanity is the sum of everything, uh, not God, not the will of God, uh, but humanity. And that's why we're in the mess that we're in right now. And so when we look at our world, we have to realize that our world is really divided between two types of thinking, God's way and humanity's way. God's way and humanity's way. So with human, um, we have basically um, the culture way of doing things. And unfortunately, uh, the culture's way of doing things can seep into church and create disharmony and discord as far as the church is concerned. Um, there's this idea that as human beings, we are totally autonomous. We can do whatever we want to, however we want to, whenever we want to, um, and we don't have to answer to anybody. So that's human's way of thinking. And interestingly, beloved, it is this type of thinking that seeped into the Garden of Eden that caused Adam and Eve to rebel against God. But the tempter in all of that was Lucifer. So. We do know that ultimately humanity is not the total sum of all things. It's a lie. We are not the measure of all things. We're not the be all end all. That That's a lie from what I would consider to be the pit of hell. Just a flat out lie. Just a flat out lie. However, when we look at uh, what the enemy has done, we understand that the enemy basically left his habitation. There's a verse, I believe it's in Jude 6, Jude 6. And it says that angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Um this, in a sense, is really referencing the final judgment that God is going to uh, produce uh, or put on Satan and all of those angels that follow Satan. Now, I really want to unpack this in a very meaningful way from a biblical perspective so that you appreciate why we're in the mess that we're in and the things that we call demons are really considered to be fallen angels and things of that sort. All right. So as we as we move forward and understand what um, um, uh, the author was talking about, particularly the scriptures that I share with you from Isaiah chapter um, uh, from Isaiah chapter 14, what we do know of the fall of the devil and the angels is kind of it's not a lot. It's not a lot of writings on it or things of that sort. Uh, but we do have biblical references that deals with it. I read to you Isaiah 
chapter 14 and um, Ezekiel has another one. I believe it's chapter 28 uh, that deals with that. But really what the author is doing is really talking about the fall of two kings. Uh, these two kings basically uh, was trying to engage in their own self-autonomy and do things without appreciating or understanding who God is and had this very prideful spirit where they would put themselves above even God. And from a biblical perspective, from a biblical perspective, um, historical biblical scholars believe that those passages refer to the kings of Babylon and Tyre, the kings of Babylon and, and Tyre. And some would even say that Nebuchadnezzar was one of those kings. And um, if you know anything about Nebuchadnezzar, that uh, Nebuchadnezzar thought himself so highly that basically God uh, made him have a mental breakdown and he was eating grass like a donkey for uh, 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 a little time. So uh, these kings um, uh, are, are, are lifted up because they have this, this high thought of themselves, thought they were higher than God and that nobody could touch them. Now, nowhere are they called angels. Where are they called angels? However, when I uh, share with you in Isaiah, uh, particularly the opening verse of Isaiah, uh, when we look at it, it says, oh, have you fallen from heaven, Lucifer, son of the morning. So I want to drill down on that in just a moment, because this is what I want you to understand. All then that we know of the angels or of sin before Adam is found, in these scattered references in Isaiah and in Ezekiel, okay? Don't really give us a full picture of uh, the angelic rebellion as far as heaven is concerned. However, what we can say is that from all we read that the angelic rebellion doesn't seem any different than our rebellion, than human rebellion. Isn't that interesting? That when we rebel against God, it's all almost very similar to when the angels rebelled against God. All right. Y'all with me so far? Okay. Now, that's why it's so easily to identify Lucifer in description with those two kings who exalted themselves above God. And um, uh, those two kings really thought they were in the place of God. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road. Because as we go even deeper, this is why I tell you all, and I know I make folks highly upset when I say, stop saying at funerals that your mama or your grandmother or your grandfather have gotten their wings and their angels because no, they're not. I use this scripture as the basis, the scriptural basis of, of, of saying that because God did not redeem angels. God redeemed humanity. God, 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 when God expelled Satan and those angels that followed him out of heaven, he did not have a plan of redemption for them. 
Am I making any sense? I, I hope I am, because we need to stop this madness of saying the funerals that certain people have gotten their wings. No, once you are a fallen angel, there is no redemption. Let me say that again. God did not redeem angels. The moment that the angels rebelled against God, God kicked them out of heaven and gave them the sentence of eternal damnation. There is no redemption for Satan. There is no redemption for the falling angels. Okay. And, 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 and here is, here is really where I want to press this. That, Angelic rebellion in heaven was so, so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was, it was, it was not in response to temptation. Okay. You and I as human beings, according to scripture, in, in the garden, Adam and Eve fail because of temptation, okay? The angels in heaven basically were following, but they weren't necessarily tempted, all right? So it was not in response to the lies and temptations of somebody else. They were like, Satan said, this is what I want to do, or Lucifer said, this is what I want to do, and those angels were like, Okay, let's roll. Okay. So it wasn't in response to lies or temptations. Um, and here's the other thing too. Ooh, I think I'm doing some good teaching because I really want to, 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 to stop the madness of some of the things we do and we say in church and, and that we believe in church that is totally theologically and scripturally incorrect. Here it is, and here's the biggie. And if y'all don't get nothing else in what I teach today, I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Let me say that one more time. I want you to get this. When Jesus came to the world, he did not come as an angel. He came as a human being. <laughs> Let me say it again. When Jesus came into the world, when God decided to identify and do the work of redemption, God did not come as an angel. God came as a human being. Case closed. Over. When the divine entered or became incarnated, did not come as an angel. He came as a human being. And he came as a human being because it was humanity that he wanted to redeem. So what we see now, now watch this, because I'm, I'm doing good teaching now. So even though angels were considered to be of a higher order than humanity, now because of Jesus's incarnation, since we're at Christmas time, Jesus came into the world as a human being, he died as a human. God raised him as a human, the God man, totally, fully God, totally, fully human. human. Um, 
now because of Jesus's birth, which is incarnation, and his resurrection and ascension, which is glorification, um, we as humanity have been raised above even the angels. Okay, so Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father, not angels, Jesus. And this exaltation really helps us to appreciate, really helps us to appreciate what God did to redeem human beings who have fallen, not angels. Okay, human beings who have fallen, not angels. Let me say that one more time. Human beings that have fallen, not angels. All right. So that being said, so that being said, angels seem to have been in the very presence of God, had access to God, could see the full glory of God, and yet they were bypassed in favor of a frail, sinful humanity who rebelled against God, floating on a planet in the entire universe that looks like a blue and white marble under the curse of God, who now experiences the grace of God. It was not mighty angels, but weak human beings that God came to redeem. I hope I'm making some sense. I, I, I hope I'm making some sense. And I hope I'm dispelling some of this foolishness because we got to stop the madness that some of this foolishness that we talk about as far as the church is concerned, talking about, you know, you're an angel. No, you ain't. You're not an angel. Ain't none of us angels. We may act like an angel every now and then, but ain't none of us angels. And you don't want to be an angel because the moment you sin, then God is God could have could treat should treat you just like God did those angels that fail. So this is where I want to continue to press. Because as a result, human beings who were lower than angels have become now recipients of the work that angels do. In other words, now, not only do angels do the bidding of God, but angels also help out humanity. And if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3, uh, Paul says, and do you not know we shall judge angels? How much more? Things that pertain to this life that one day when Christ return, uh, not not angels will judge men, but we as human beings will judge angels, which is very, very interesting. So as I do this even deeper drill down, I want you to understand that God showed God's grace and God's mercy toward human beings. He does not do that toward angels. All right. So we know, we know that 
from time to time, angels appear to give information to humanity and who seem privy to far more heavenly insights than we are. Um, however, they basically don't have all the answers as far as how God unfolds the plan of salvation um, in the earth realm. So that being said, uh, this is why I want to teach on, on this situation because apart from evil and all the outworkings of redemption in relation to evil, it would appear that they could never have learned of God's compassion on creatures that have sinned like you and me. In other words, a part of God's nature would have gone unrevealed and their knowledge, even angelic knowledge, is somewhat incomplete, but it's also growing, okay? Because when they, they did not have a full view of God sending Jesus Christ into the world until it was time. All in all, um, basically what angels do is help us to understand the unfolding of God uh, in the earth realm and help us to appreciate the movement of God, even though they are not, watch this, they're not omniscient. Because why? Angels are created beings of God. They are created just like everything else in the universe that has been created. So before, before there were angels, there was God. God, again, is the only uncreated creator in all of eternity. Everything else that we see has come into existence through the word, through the mind, through the actions of God, especially angels. So just as angels have been created by God to serve the will of God, uh, we see that uh, there was a group of angels that rebelled against God. God kicked them out of heaven and um, they have been rebelling ever since. So what is considered to be, what is considered to be even the demonic or demons are considered to be what? Fallen angels. All right. Fallen angels. So let, let me, if I could, um, cause I really want to, 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 to push some things that I hope and pray will, will bless you as, as we, um, uh, pull all of this together and hopefully and prayerfully uh, will help you to appreciate the movement of God as far as our reality is concerned. Um, so in first Peter uh, chapter one, verse 12, uh, we, we saw in that particular reading, the things which angels desire to look into, which means that they are getting some knowledge and understanding about and in rejoicing of the angels over one sinner that repents. But also there's an interesting passage. There's an interesting passage in Luke 12, 8, 
that says, I say also unto you, whoever confesses me before men, him, the son of man, will confess before the angels of God. He who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Now watch this. Whenever and wherever one confesses Jesus Christ as Lord or refuse to confess Jesus Christ as Lord before humanity, will find Jesus denying them or confessing them before the angels of God. And these are the angels who did not rebel against God. So to confess or deny in the presence of angels, that's in the Bible, is to do so in the ultimate grand scheme of God unpacking time and ushering us into eternity on the day of judgment as the angels will accompany the Lord to witness him saying, come into my father's kingdom. You've been faithful over a few things. Come on up. I'm going to make you rule over many. Or the angel will also witness Jesus saying, um, uh, I don't know who you are. You've been a worker of iniquity. The angels will witness this. So basically what am I saying? Angels, just like humanity, is part of God's grand plan. The fall of, of Satan and his angels um, and those who followed him, no less than the fall of humanity, uh, God knew it was coming. Okay. But in the case of the angels, it seems that they did not fall as a race like humanity did. All right. In the case of the angels, uh, when they rebelled against God, uh, God cemented their sinful proclivities, their, their evil proclivities, and sentenced them to hell. All right. Okay, <clears throat> I believe it's in First Timothy, chapter five, um, um, verse twenty-one. Paul writes, "I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus and the elect angels, the elect angels, that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality." <clears throat> these elect angels witness important transactions of the church of Jesus Christ. But these angels were elected not from among the masses of rebellious angels to be redeemed. No, these angels um, are, are the entire number of angels who were created as those who did not fall. Again, th this is a function of God knowing how things were going to unfold from beginning to end, uh, that you and I, <clears throat> and not even angels, have insight to. So, as I, as I go into the home stretch, um, in our thinking, especially in 2022, we don't think too much about angels, okay? Um, we really don't think that much about time and eternity and the rest of the universe 
part of that is because we are very human centered, me centered, I centered. Okay. Uh, it blinds us to the reality of all the other things that are happening around us and with us and in us and through us. Uh, but one of those things is that there is an unseen world. There's there's a spiritual realm that 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 is operating out there and that is just as real as the physical realm. And um, God gives some people uh, the capacity to be able to see and deal with that spiritual realm uh, in such a way uh, that they are able to uh, unpack uh, their reality. And so basically angels are real. There are fallen angels and there are angels who have been serving God faithfully ever since they've been created. The falling angels follow Lucifer, um, and those fallen angels became known as demons or imps. Um, and I, I want to close with this because when we look at uh, the Bible, in the Bible there are basically three angels that have been named. Three angels that have been named. Um, one angel, of course, is Michael. Michael is the angel of war. That when Michael was coming, uh, whenever God dispatched Michael, it was getting ready to be some trouble. Something was getting ready to go down. Um, not only in the angelic realm, but also in the earth realm. Okay, so Michael is the angel of war. The other one is Gabriel. Gabriel is the angel of the word that whenever Gabriel showed up, Gabriel came with a message, a word from on high. And at this around this time of the year, one of the famous words that Gabriel came was the pronouncement that Mary was going to be the mother of Jesus Christ. Okay, so Gabriel showed up with a word, Lucifer. Uh, was the angel of worship, had music in his voice, uh, uh, had, 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 had an organ in his chest. I mean, just the absolute, the absolute most powerful uh, leader of worship as far as God is concerned. And, and, and Lucifer caught a glimpse of himself and thought he was bigger than God and thought he should have been God and was wondering why folks didn't worship him and tried to exalt himself before above God. And God basically said, listen, you can't stay here and expelled him as far as that's concerned. Um, and so Lucifer wound up creating havoc for humanity. Now, we know that Michael is the angel of what? War. Michael is the angel of war. Gabriel is the angel of worship, but God never replaced the angel. No, Gabriel is the angel of the word. Gabriel is the angel of the word. Lucifer is the angel of worship, but God never replaced the angel of worship because we are now considered to take that place. We're now are prompted 
to worship God and to give God praise. You and I, and that's the reason that the devil, the enemy, always tries to mess up our worship. That's why it's so much hell in choir. Because uh, whenever some musicians and folks get this Luciferic spirit, uh, it, it, it can disturb worship. So, so God did an intentional thing as far as creating us to take Lucifer's place in worship. And that's why the enemy would love to mess up your worship individually and corporately. That's why the enemy doesn't want you to worship. Uh, that's why the enemy wants to impede your worship because he's jealous because you took his place. And so uh, I close this lesson as far as helping you to understand that uh, angels are, are real uh, God has given us the wonderful privilege of being able to worship God and stop going around saying that so-and-so and so-and-so has gotten their wings and they're an angel because if that was the case, they would not be getting their wings and the moment they committed a sin, they would have died. All right. I guess somebody said, wow, what a way to end the lesson. Well, yeah, that's that's how we're going to end this one today. Um in the sense of um, of um, hopefully and prayerfully helping you to appreciate who God is and what God has done as far as allowing us to be able to share in worship. And that's what I wanted us to get to, how you and I have taken Lucifer's place as far as now creating our own atmosphere to worship our God. All right. So... Um, uh, that's our time for now. I want to see if there are any questions. And if you have any questions, um, place them in the chat. Uh, and I will try to address them. Uh, if not, uh, we will call it a day as far as uh, this time of study is concerned and uh, see what the Lord will do. Oh, my brother, uh, Pastor Herman Watson, man, you humble me. Uh, by joining us at this moment. And, and let me just say that uh, Reverend Dr. Herman Watson is in East St. Louis, Illinois, who has done an incredible work through the Mount Sinai Baptist Church uh, in East St. Louis. And when I talk about an incredible work, he has over 300 something units of housing development that he has done in that area. And they're in the process of doing another housing development. And his ministry uh, has been transformative in East St. Louis. My, 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 my friend, you, you humble me uh, by joining us uh, on today. I, I just got chills by seeing that. So thank you so, so very, very much as far as that's concerned. Any questions? Any questions? Any questions? Well, if not, listen. Um, Pastor, there's one question. Oh, okay. What's that question? Did I miss it? Sylvia Audrey? Yeah. What did you say about the two angels? Okay. Michael is the angel of, of uh, war. And uh, Gabriel is the angel of the word. So Michael was the fighter. <laughs> and Gabriel delivered a message. Uh so yeah, that's 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 what that is, and and God did not replace Lucifer 
as the angel of worship, we now have taken Lucifer's place. That's why he's jealous of us. Okay. All right. Any other questions? Any other questions? Well, listen, I want to thank you for your time. Um, if you feel so led, we give you the opportunity to give at this time, and you can give uh, several ways at St. Paul Church. One way is by mailing your check of money order to the church at uh, 1401 Alice Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205, or you can drop off your check cash or money order at the church, or call the church office at 704-334-5309 to make sure that we're in the office and someone is there to receive your offering and put it in the safe. Second way is you can give through either ACS or Church Life online through our website. You can also give through the app called Givelify. And if you have that, uh, don't have that app on your smart device, download that app, connect to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give. You can give. So we give you the wonderful opportunity to share and to um, sow into good ground at St. Paul uh, as we attempt to do the work of the Lord in the Charlotte-Mecklenburg area. I want to thank you all so much for your time. I hope and pray that today has been a blessing and been beneficial as far as your time of study. Um, and uh, Deborah will uh, get rid of those uh, spammers that are trying to come on uh, at this time. And so thank you so very much. Uh, interestingly, yeah, them are demons. <laughs> so uh, with that, you all have a blessed uh, uh, rest of your day. And um, my hope and prayer is that as we continue to move in this season of Advent to Christmas, to the celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is that you and I understand that that is God's greatest gift to us through him. So you all have a blessed day. Uh, take care of yourselves. And uh, we hopefully and prayerfully, we will see you in worship on Sunday, either physically or digitally. God bless. <laughs>